there. You're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today we are speaking with Daniel Harrington, founder and CEO of Voxel Innovations, an electrochemical machining company based out of Raleigh, North Carolina. The company specializes in a pulsed electrochemical machine process, or PECM, that is touted as an efficient and accurate approach to machining high-quality metal components for their medical aerospace energy and other industry customers. Prior to Voxel Innovations, Daniel consulted in the emergent metal additive manufacturing and electrochemical machining industries after working at the Advanced Research Projects Agency for Energy, ARPA-E. While at the agency, Daniel advised teams from universities, national labs, startups, and multinational companies on tech-to-market strategies. Daniel was also a professional race car driver in the IndyCar and Grand Am series, winning multiple raises and raising over $1 million in sponsorships. He secured his master's degree in engineering management at Duke University, and he received his bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering at North Carolina State University. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Let's start with an overview of Voxel Innovations. Uh, When you founded the company, what industry needs were you trying to fulfill? So I was introduced to the technology of electrochemical machining in a prior consulting role. And a couple of things stood out to me about technology. One, it had some really compelling benefits and value propositions, but it was uh, quite difficult to apply. There weren't many practitioners of this technology, especially here in the US. And so that's the really the first thing that stood out to me is it seemed like there's a strong value proposition here, but there are only a handful of people in the US that even knew what it was, much less were providing services or developing technology around the process. Uh, so that was a, a real appeal to me. And second, um, the technology is very multidisciplinary. So it requires expertise and mechanical engineering, material science, chemistry, all rolled into one. And often you find really interesting innovations at the intersection of multiple disciplines. So that was appealing to me and thought, uh, gave me, I was excited about the long-term potential of technology given all those cross-disciplinary uh, skills required. What is the advantage of creating parts through the pulsed electrochemical machining process compared to traditional manufacturing machining technologies? So it has a couple of advantages. Uh, One of the most important advantages is it's completely non-contact and non-thermal. So you often find manufacturing process like EDM, electrical discharge machining, or laser machining, they're non-contact. Uh, but they're thermal processes. And our process is very uh, low stress because it's non-contact and non-thermal. So that allows us to create thin walls, good quality surfaces, that sort of thing. Uh, Second, we're completely immune to material hardness. So we just care about the chemistry of the material. So that means there will be some materials that have a chemistry that's difficult for us to deal with, but it can be a Rockwell 60 material or super alloy, it doesn't matter. We machine those as fast as we machine aluminum. So it just puts us in a little bit different um, perspective on how we look at new materials. And, and third, the speed of the process can be quite high. So especially compared to some competitive processes like sinker EDM, uh, this, the speed of the process can be pretty fast, uh, particularly in volume production. And so we sort of focus on those three benefits or combinations of those as we look at applications. 
And you can get down to the level of a pixel? <laughs> yeah, or voxel, yeah, oh. 3D pixel. Yeah, so that that's the genesis behind the name is uh, a voxel is a 3D pixel. And when we started the business, we were thinking about uh, how we could implement technology at the beginning of the process to simulate voxel by voxel how the process behaves. And it just so happens that the way we move material is effectively voxel by voxel or atom by atom. Uh, so yeah, that's the, the main genesis there. Yeah, I was looking at the tagline. <laughs> that's right. Uh, at what stage of a customer's product design process do you usually receive uh, inquiries? I mean, what are the advantages of uh, and you know a contact at a, at the early stage of the pro of their process? Yeah, so I mean, we receive inquiries across the scale, but the best applications for us are those when we get customers early in the design phase and. Often, whether engineers know it or not, the way they design a part can directly influence what manufacturing process can be used because they spec a certain feature size or wall thickness or material. And if you are completely unaware of electrochemical machining or pulsed electrochemical machine as a process, it's impossible for you to design for that process. Um, and second, if you can engage us early, maybe you have heard of it, we can help guide you on ways you can modify your design of your part or shape of your part to make our process more cost efficient or have higher quality. So whenever possible, you know, talk to us as soon as you can. We talk to customers in aerospace, they're five or eight years away from a part ever flying on an airplane, uh, but that's, that's ideal for us. Uh, do you have any case studies you can share or success stories? Um, Many of our case studies I can't talk too much about, but you know, aerospace and medical are, are typify many of the industries we're involved with. And that is because they are creating tight tolerance, unique metal components in those spaces. Uh, and there's a strong value proposition. In other words, they're not just looking for the lowest cost component. If you can make it function better or work better, that's worth money to them. And so they are often engaging and looking at new manufacturing processes more so than some other industries. Um, and in many cases, we've been able to, as a new materials come to market in some of these cases, we have shown them that electrochemical machine can actually substitute a process they were considering and therefore enable some design features that they didn't think they could get otherwise. And so we have an example or two of that in medical where we're sort of enabling a feature on a certain material that they didn't know was possible. And all of a sudden the device actually functions better. Uh, so that's, that's why it's so critical to help, but uh, allow us to be involved as early as feasible in these projects. You're talking about some uh, industries that uh, have some really stringent requirements. So how do you balance that with offering them those uh, next generation manufacturing processes? Yeah, that's hard. It, <laughs> the hard part is that, in applications like that, where in some cases the device fails, someone might die. And that means there's an incredible amount of regulation and, and attention and detail on not only the shape and design of the part, but how you make the part. It needs to survive over the long term. And that can make it difficult for a new technology. It, it means that there's more scrutiny placed on us. It can be harder to break into an application because if they have a safe, effective way to make it right now, that's worth a lot. 
but as I described earlier, simultaneously, they are looking for the next step and next evolution. So the big balance for us is really just timing is that it takes a lot more time to get embedded in some of these applications than, than honestly I ever expected when I started the business. You know, that's been the biggest learning curve I've had since founding Voxel. So after working in ARPA-E and, and the work you did in your master's degree, I mean, uh, and even, you know, during uh, you know, the time that uh, you've spent in this company, what innovations in electrochemical machining have you witnessed? Yeah, so electrochemical machining actually has a pretty long history. I mean, it was first developed in the 60s to make uh, jet engine components. But it was a, a relatively crude process, you know, refined obviously over the years, but it was great for removing bulk material pretty quickly. Uh, but often you might need a secondary operation to make the process more accurate or uh, have finer resolution. And so in the last 20 years or so, what we've seen is a couple of advancements in electrochemical machining. One has been the innovation around pulse power supplies, and that's allowed us to get more resolution in the process and better quality surfaces. We've also seen innovations around the filtration system. So we have a electrolyte solution in our process and you have to remove the metal from that solution. And filtration modules that are actually developed for wastewater treatment at the industrial scale all of a sudden enable this process to be more cost efficient. Um, and other areas around uh, simulation of the process is sort of an ongoing effort, but that's only accelerating in recent years that new technologies that allow you to uh, evaluate the multi-physics environment, look at fluid flow and electrochemical uh, or electric field distributions and even electrochemistry all in one module and do that in the cloud where you've got those cloud computing resources to take advantage of, you know, those have been difficult to do in the past. They're getting easier. I think that's a bright future for us moving forward to help make this process more predictable and easier to use. Are you relying more on uh, modeling and simulation tools, maybe even in proof of concept or uh, other areas? Yeah, I mean, we rely on it quite a bit. Um, often you use some intuition to guide you early on, but in something as complicated as fluid flow, that intuition only goes so far. and. Uh, we find over and over again that we can use some of those simulation tools to help at least get us closer to the right starting point. So we will design a tool in our process, we'll run it in a, a CFD analysis to see how the fluid flow and make, is behaving and make sure it's uh, moving evenly across our surfaces. And that gets us pretty close. And then you have to iterate from there and, and do some tweaking because uh, some parts of the process are not uh, fully able to be simulated just yet. If, if you don't mind, I'm going to switch to, um, you know, the uh, staffing because we, we talk a lot about skilled workforce here and the, the, the manufacturer's needs for um, a highly skilled uh, set of workers. So how do you hire and retain experts uh, that are needed for PECM? So there are very few people that actually have expertise in PECM right away. And so we've had great success finding younger, motivated people that are just excited about what we're doing, something innovative in manufacturing. We've balanced that with some more senior people in various fields, but often these people are coming from oil and gas or, you know, maybe fundamental electrochemistry, something to do with batteries, nothing to do with electrochemical machining. 
Uh, and so we're just looking for the best quality people we can find. But I put a high priority on people that are passionate and willing to learn because you will have to do that in this industry. Um, but we also hire conventional machinists uh, to make some of our tooling and that sort of stuff in-house. And that can be, it's surprisingly difficult to find uh, good machinists. You know, there are a number of operators out there, but people that you could put a sketch of a part in front of them and they could figure out how to make it. It is difficult to find those people. And even local community college programs are sometimes shutting down their machining programs, which is exactly the opposite of what we need. Um, so we're, we're trying to look far and wide. It, often these hirings are sort of regional, but you know, we have postings all over the country. Uh, so I'll put a, a blatant plug out there. If you're looking for positions, you think we're doing something interesting, we have postings up. Go find them on Indeed or, or find our website or just email me directly. Well, it might be helpful for them to know how you got into this this field and you know um, how in the world did you go from, I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, from being a race car driver to, into this area and, and into, into manufacturing. Yeah, yes. I, I have been asked a few times, but it's, um, <laughs> yeah, so in 2009 or 10, I was still racing somewhat full-time and you can imagine during the recession it's pretty hard to raise money sponsorship money to continue racing um, and so that really accelerated the demise of my career there uh, but I also had this passion for making things doing something physical and tangible and you know there are some interesting fields that appealed to me especially um, clean energy and some of the innovations around energy and manufacturing 3D printers were becoming more popular, desktop 3D printers. I bought one of those. And so I had sort of all this passion for technology and manufacturing. And so I went back to graduate school. And after working at ARPA-E for a few years, found that there are some compelling concepts and innovations people have, but often uh, manufacturing is a key enabler in that. Right? It's this sort of technology that people don't talk about generally. Uh, but it can make a product function that couldn't have otherwise functioned before or enable something that wasn't possible previously. And so that really spiked my curiosity. And I started working for a company that then became part of GE on, um, they were doing some advanced manufacturing around gas turbine engines and was introduced to this technology as well, was doing a lot of work sort of consulting in metal additive manufacturing and yeah, it just it just became a passion of mine to figure out if we could do something new and valuable with manufacturing. Uh, and this ECM process or PECM really spoke to me in that front. That's great. And uh, you know, given your your background, um, you know, I'm I'm curious as to you know what types of of government and academic partnerships. And this, of course, you're also in the research triangle, <clears> so. Um, you know, have you engaged in them to help advance your technologies? Yeah, absolutely. We started that pretty early on. We, uh, you know, there's some great programs out there called SBIR grants, Small Business Innovative Research. Uh, many of your listeners are probably familiar. So Department of Energy, Department of Defense, NASA, all the big agencies have solicitations out there. And especially in the Department of Defense, just because they have a, a large budget, there's lots of interest in developing manufacturing technologies or enabling a new jet engine design. And the nice thing that we found is that we're able to be 
or intentionally we're selective about those opportunities. We are trying to find solicitations that would align with our strategic goals long-term. And so, you know, we aren't that interested in just making a part for a specific military project, but it turns out those same parts are needed for commercial aviation. It's, it's almost identical. And the Department of Defense wants that too. They want you to be successful with or without them. Uh, and so we have really leaned into applying to those grants and winning those grants. And that creates, that gives us a lot of um, non-dilutive funding to develop new technology. So while we're also building up the sort of contract manufacturing and service side of our business, we're able to develop fundamental advances and new technologies that we can then offer to the market as something that wasn't there previously. So uh, now that we're um, you know, moving out of some uh, restrictions and um, I'm wondering what's next for Voxel Innovations? Yeah, so I'd say in the last couple of years, we've been really focused on these R&D activities and that, that's core to our business. That's not gonna go away. That's how we develop new innovations that we can then move into contract manufacturing and offer the service to uh, other people. Uh, but what's, what's changing now is that we've had enough time in the market to start developing relationships with some of these customers, getting the word out about what ECM is and how it works. And so now we're finding more and more contract manufacturing opportunities in all those industries. And that's, that's really the bigger growth for us that we'll be making repeat orders of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of parts a year for some of these customers. And we're after these longer term engagements with them to really get into their, uh, their engineering minds and understand what the challenges are they're having and try and solve them with our process when we can. And so that's a big growth for us is doing contract manufacturing, potentially building some turnkey pieces of equipment for those certain customers and really continuing to push the R and D to support that effort as well. So, uh, endless amount of work to do. My to-do list just grows. It doesn't shrink. Uh, so, uh, we'll, we'll be staying busy. Well, that's the way it should be. Thank you so much, Daniel, for coming on the show. Thank you for your time.